you don't rise to your goals. Traditionally, everyone has been taught to, hey, if you want to achieve something, go set a goal. Okay, make it really specific, make it smart, make it simple, break it down. And it's all about goal setting, right? But what he says is that you don't rise to your goals, you fall to your systems. The BBS podcast starts now. Hey, we're live. Eric, thanks so much for coming on the show. Thank you. Eric, who are you? What do you do? Tell the people. I am a very atypical accountant. <laughs> cool. And, uh, I'm not getting anything in my headphones. Oh. I would. Is that better? Yeah, that, that's great. Is that great? Cool. Yeah, that's great. Technical difficulties, that's okay. <laughs> we'll roll with it. Absolutely. So yeah. I'm a very atypical accountant. I am literally a creative accountant. Cool. You don't yeah. really meet many of those. Well, yeah, people think of the wrong kind of context when they think yeah. of a creative accountant. Like, we don't cook books or anything like that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Make up financial statements. Yeah. Um, but I definitely have a creative side yeah. in terms of um, doing photography, videography. Uh, and I think this is where today's topic is pretty interesting. Right. Um, because I've always sort of identified myself as something other than an accountant. Right. And yet that's sort of in contrast with what other people see or expect when mm -hmm. they meet an accountant. Right. So, so, so you're naturally a creative guy. Um, so, so then how do you fall into accounting then as a career? And so it, it feels like with you, uh, you know, uh, accounting's your career, that's your business. That's kind of like your A and then the creative side of is more like your B. So how does, how does the accounting go to A to B? Well, I don't really know. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, something, something I'm exploring too. I, yeah. I got into accounting because I figured it was time to have a career. Right. Which is in air quotes career. Yeah. Um, before I was um, basically doing accounting, I, was, I had a psych degree from the U of A. Um, I didn't really want to pursue research because apparently that's what you you do a lot, mm -hmm. and of course, of course, you need really high grades, and unfortunately, I couldn't make that. So that reality <laughs> didn't pan out. Um, then I worked at Bell, uh, Bell Canada, and I ran their uh, corporate stores in the malls and stuff like that, selling cell phones, and it worked out pretty well. It did well, and. I think I got tired of it though because of the never-ending targets sales and really the concept of um, waiting for someone to give up their spot before I can move up in the company. Right. That was very frustrating too. And my mom's an accountant. So my firm's called Tran and Associates and her name is Amy Tran. Mm -hmm. So um, she asked me one day, she's like, well, why don't you become an accountant? And at that time, um, there were three different designations. There was a CGA, CMA, and CA. Mm -hmm. And there was a path that was pretty easy, I, well, relative to some other paths that I could have that I did take, and I was able to make use of uh, make use of my uh, degree. So that's what happened. Nice. I became an accountant. <laughs> Not really knowing really what accounting was all about, to be honest with you. Yeah. For me, it was always about interacting with people. I guess that's what um, my core interest is at the end. When I look back to why I chose psychology 
what I enjoyed the most at Bell, working with people, uh, talking to people. And sometimes accounting is just, you're in a room by yourself and with a computer and a stack of paper. Right. So that was very challenging. Then uh, we had a conversation, my mom and myself, about how she wants to start retiring, slowing down. And I think that's where things came to a head. Mm -hmm. So she expected me to run the firm in a certain way. And I expected to take the firm in a different direction. Um, And I think that's sort of what's been happening lately in terms of doing more consulting, uh, helping clients with their business overall. Mm -hmm. And I've met other accountants too. And interestingly enough, they identify themselves as, well, when they introduced themselves to me, they were saying, I'm an uh, entrepreneur running an accounting firm. Hmm. And that just set some light bulbs in my head. I'm like, what did you say? Yeah. That seemed to make a lot of sense to me. Yeah. So how it comes together now is basically, I think, taking the creative side and just not, you know, being really unapologetically mixing it into accounting. Accounting is sort of the backbone of the business. You need to get your numbers um, correct and everything. But at the same time, businesses need a lot of other factors to succeed. Mm-hmm. And I think that's where um, the creative side comes in. And I realized that instead of this being a, a distraction, it's actually quite a good advantage. I think so too. And I think that's really smart. I mean, one of the reasons why I use your services and one of the reasons why I decided to go that way is because, you know, I had the opportunity to go with other accountants, but they were just accountants. They say, okay, at the end of the year, you pay me X amount and then I will do your books and we'll uh, make sure every I is dotted, every T is crossed, and and then we'll just kind of go your way. Like there's no real uh, relationship outside of that, right? Mm-hmm. But in terms of your services, it's kind of it's it's it, there's always a relationship, right? Um, there's there's um, you know if I have a question, you know you're always there to answer it. If um, I have a question about business or something creative, you're there to answer it. If you have any insight about how to make a business better, you have an answer for that too, right? Like most accountants won't be able to do that. And I think that gives you a real advantage. And one of the reasons why I wanted to go with you in, in, in the end. So much appreciate. Yeah, no, yeah, no, no problem. (laughs) No problem at all. The topic for, for the podcast today, I think is a really interested one. We're talking about topics before we, before we went on the show and you mentioned the idea of professional, we're using air quotes, professional versus entrepreneur. And that kind of jumped out at me when you said that, because I didn't know what you meant. So, (laughs) so what do you mean by that, Eric? (laughs) What's the difference? It's sort of funny. I get that reaction quite a bit. What do you mean you're an accountant? What are you talking about? Maybe I yeah. need to sort of think about <laughs> what I say more and say more clearly, but yeah. I've been researching this for the last little while too, because I think the conflict I've had, frankly, in this whole taking over the uh, accounting firm, mm-hmm. the handover, the succession planning between my mom and myself has been like really challenging. And it's always sort of joked upon, you know, working with families difficult, but I really want to break it down more because I see my clients going through this too. There's lots of businesses that obviously are going to change hands, hopefully within the family, hopefully uh, retaining that value. So when it came down to it, I, the conclusion was she identifies herself as an accountant and accountants do what accountants do. So what we think stereotypically stick to your desk, 
look at your numbers, crunch numbers, sign the papers, sign financial statements with your clients, and that's what you do. Mm-hmm. Um, I identify myself as an entrepreneur and I act accordingly like that too. When I see an opportunity, I sort of jump on it. When I see a problem, I sort of wonder how I can go and fix it. I'm not tied back as an accountant. Right. So that's a big challenge between us because we identify each other differently or ourselves differently. So when we see our actions or each other's actions, they don't really reconcile too well. So she will say uh, to me a lot, um, you just have to be at your desk. That's funny. And and you're like, I would rather die. (laughs) I don't want to be. (laughs) Don't don't get me wrong. I spend time at my desk. For sure. But but like, but yeah, you can't meet other like new clients or people at your desk. Yeah. And so, you know, for her, she'll look at that and think I'm not at work. Right. Or I'm not working or I'm looking at my phone. And if I'm posting something on social media, or working on our Facebook site, I'm, I'm not working. Um, Interesting, yeah. It is, and- You think it's a generational thing, too? I, I don't really think it's necessarily generational. I, yeah, I don't know, I just, I find with most, most rooms um, I'm in that have baby boomers, mm. um, it's a lot like that, right? They're just like, why are you on your phone? You should be doing this. And it's like, well, I'm actually working. And they're like, well, you gotta, you know, but you know what I mean, yeah. It's, it's true, I, I think the, the fact is people can't read your mind yeah, and they can only tell what you're doing by what they see. So absolutely, the, the, and that's the whole point, like, you know, in terms of identifying what work is and that perception is based on what your identity is, right? So you were saying you worked with laws of agriculture, um, business people like yeah. farmers and whatnot. They would look at work very differently. Something at the computer might not be work. Absolutely. Something with a, you know, that involves sweat, labor might be real work, right? So um, what I meant by the whole professional versus entrepreneur in my case though, uh, it's just professionals I'm referring to, let's say doctors, lawyers, or uh, accountants that traditionally just assumed and actually maybe not just assume, but they literally can open their doors and have big people come in. That'd be so nice. It, It'd be so nice. It's, it's, why, it's why people want to be- uh, Exactly, right? Life, yeah. You know? like, who wouldn't just want to be uh, just having business by default? Right. Open your doors, there's customers. Yeah, right? I tried that, it didn't work. <laughs> it's not a good idea. No, exactly. It's, not, it's, a, it's a great idea, actually. It's it is. a good strategy. Yeah. Um, but I only bring that up because I've had a couple of doctor clients now okay. who I'm not doing accounting for, but I'm doing more consulting with them. Oh, right on. And it's because we connected on the same vibe where I'm like, um, you're asking me a very business related problem, but you're approaching it from a very professional perspective. Um, you're not liking that the fact that the orthodontist down the street is advertising on social media and getting business. And it's an, it's unsettling for them because they're like, well, that's not what you do. Mm-hmm. That's unprofessional. And unfortunately, I think whether that is true or not in whatever context, I don't think they're practicing, you know, they, they don't have malpractice things or not. They're not hurting patients. But the fact is that with the current 
um, social media market and, and how things are being disrupted, everyone's in business now. Yeah. So whether you like it or not. And that's the struggle that I find they have. So if they don't identify as entrepreneurs, then they're losing out because entrepreneurs can almost step into any field and start changing things up pretty fast. And there are some pretty entrepreneur, uh, entrepreneurial professionals I've met. And yeah, they, they sort of steamrolled into that market and everyone else is just left scratching their heads. Right. Um, it's not about if you're the best doctor or if you're the um, most you know, uh, accurate accountant or whatever it is. It's really your relationships and uh, business development, which is I, which I think is more on the entrepreneurial side. Yeah. So that's what I was trying to go and talk about in that yeah. long, uh, email that I gave you there. <laughs> but uh, then came to the realization, because I mean, that's an easy concept to understand. If right. you identify as something, you act accordingly to a certain way. Some things will be open to you and some things won't be. Um, but then of course I can't tell my clients, well, I'm sorry, you're going to be out of business in five years and leave. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so then how do you, how do you fix this? And I came across a book called Atomic Habits by James Clear. And I don't think he intended it in this kind of way, but when I was sort of combining what he teaches or he describes in his books for building habits, um, it really really, I think was applicable to what I'm thinking about identity because he says your habits are sort of votes that you cast for whichever version of yourself you want to be. Interesting. So if you're a doctor and you identify strictly as a very traditional doctor or an accountant, let's just say back to my, my firm and my situation, right? Hmm. Um, you would act in a way that, you know, you probably wouldn't go out and start doing contests and promotions and whatever kind of entrepreneurial marketing thing, right? Oh, for sure not, no. So where does your business go? And if you wanted to start doing those things, you have to make these decisions that are probably outside of your identity. Mm -hmm. And at the same time, I feel people have success um, because of their habits. So if a professional was sort of to instantly shun anyone that's marketing themselves as, you know, self, um, they're sort of like narcissism or whatever, like then they're never going to really make that jump from professionals to entrepreneurs. Yeah. They can't really look after their businesses. And it was the, it was that concept because, and, and it's further tied into the book. I can't really recite the whole thing. No, that's but, fine. But it, but he actually talks about how identity really hinders someone or helps someone form certain habits, yeah. which become your systems and then you become that person you want to be eventually. So my thought is how do I have a client that's very traditionally fixed in one sense and start opening them up, challenging their identities to get them to become more entrepreneurial? Yeah. Because specific, uh, specifically in my case, I'm helping them with their business. Right. Yeah. And some people wouldn't be very open to that, right? Because it's changing a lot of the fabric of who they are and what they do. You know what I mean? Like you're changing habits and habits are very hard to change. Absolutely. Especially if you're stuck in a certain way, a certain way of thinking. The, Is there any like things that, that you, that you can think of that kind of would, would, would help someone kind of get out of those? 
oh, those yeah. those habits quickly maybe maybe not quickly but oh it could yeah be, it could be quick. maybe it could be yeah it could be quite quick uh, first is i don't make anything off this but get that book yeah it's pretty awesome atomic read. habit read read read, read. Yeah. yeah um the one quote that really stuck out to me so much i put this on my instagram and facebook because it was sort of mind-blowing for myself for sure is when he said that you don't rise to your goals traditionally everyone has been taught to hey if you want to achieve something go set a goal okay make it really specific make it smart make it simple break it down and it's all about goal setting right but what he says is that you don't rise to your goals you fall to your systems and i see that because i'm an edmonton oilers fan <laughs> And we have very high goals. Now I understand. Now I understand completely. <laughs> you understand completely? Yeah. Yes. We have very high goals. Right. We make a lot of goals yeah. as, a, as a city. Well, I live in Calgary, of course. Of I course. Calgary. I, I call myself a Calgarian now. Right. I guess it's official. It's on the podcast. Yeah, but you could be an Oilers fan in, in yeah. Calgary. It's okay. So so when I say I, you know, I still identify with them. For, for sure. Yeah, we make funny. goals like crazy. And I think every team, you know, I met some Toronto fans and... Yeah, they have some pretty lofty goals too. Mm -hmm. um, but you have to have that system to, right. to deliver it. Uh, and you see all the greatest teams, they have really interesting systems that are not super exciting, really mundane, like hard. People would be um, really surprised at how, like lack of a big bang moment there is sometimes when you see crazy success. And it's basically due to your systems. Yeah. You know, and so what kind of systems would you build if you were stuck in a particular kind of identity? Right. You would, you would shun anything else except for what you think it's, you know, what you want to do. And I think that's where it is. And in the book too, he does say that you have to challenge your identity. Um, you don't have to blow it up, but you do sort of have to decide that. And there's other dynamics too, right? So if you're a doctor because you wanted the prestige of being a doctor, well, that's interesting, but I don't know how you set a goal or make habits to make that, uh, to fulfill that. Mm -hmm. It's really having that piece of paper there and opening your, oh, your door, you're already getting that. So instead of objects, I like a nice car or vacations and whatnot, you have to find things that identify the person or yourself more intrinsically. So it's characteristics. So let's say um, one way was to, one thing I brought up with my mom, I said, is really for, can well, I'm struggling here a little bit, but I think I phrased it in a sense of, how can we get you to think more entrepreneurially? And so that led into, what would someone that you think, so being her, uh, like a business person would do? And um, she was saying, well, I will look at meeting more people uh, and talking about business. Uh, I would promote more. I talk about myself more and cool. what I can offer. And it's like, okay, that's awesome, right? Yeah. Then basically what it came out to be is like, I will be more social. So it's not necessarily, I will be more entrepreneurial because that's really vague, but right. I will be more social. Interesting. And that challenges her a little bit. And when we broke it down a little bit more, 
there is this technique in the book also. So I'm really just writing off this book. That's today, fine, but, yeah. But I mean, <laughs> you can't just say it and just uh, go along with it. Yeah. So usually you want to frame it in terms of like a when and how. So the topic came up with when someone comes up to you, I'll talk to them about accounting or how to help them with their business right? instead of avoiding them. Uh, frankly, that's sort of the case because, you know, it, it, traditionally they don't want to talk about anything else but uh, work yeah. that they're involved in their practice. But, you know, it, th and that was the smallest thing. And I think that's how we started. So the habit becomes basic. You, find, you see someone, you smile and you talk to them. Right. You smile and you talk to them. And that's important. Yeah. That's, that's really important. A, a goal I make for myself every day is to introduce myself uh, to someone new. Mm -hmm. And um, it's been really great in a sense that one, you just meet new people. And then second, you, you tell people about what you do. And then that kind of comes back to you in some way. So Absolutely. I definitely agree with that. But making that effort and, and going out and, and meeting new people every day though, and making an effort to do that can be quite exhausting. So if you're not used to it, then, <laughs> it, it is. And, and I do it a lot. And some days I'm just not used to it. I am, I'm an extrovert in a sense, like I enjoy meeting people. I like going out places, but, um, I'm, I'm truly an introvert. Um, I recharge being by myself. I recharge, um, just having some some alone time, just being by myself. You're sort of saying the same thing though, as how I'm a creative accountant. Yeah. You're a social introvert. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. I mean, um, really, there's no definition. We're quite, of, we're, you know, we're, we're quite the blue ducks. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. I don't think I wouldn't change it, uh, no. I don't think there's really a fixed category of people. And there shouldn't be. No, and really, I think that keeps changing too, because let's say I keep sticking to whatever I'm saying now, mm -hmm. what what else can I do, you know? Like, so I think continuing to learn, of course, somehow staying fluid in, in your identity is pretty important. For sure. And um, yeah, I, I think when you're feeling that though, I feel like you're doing great work. Sometimes, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I feel like you care and, and, and you want to do better. Mm -hmm. You're casting votes as, He's, uh, James Clear says, for who you want to be. Right. So the key thing is you don't have to be perfect. No. To win the election, you just have to have like the majority. Yeah. So let's just say in our case, habits wise, like half the time is probably not good enough. Maybe 80% of the time you're good. Then just, that's great. That's who you're becoming. And sooner or later, you're, you're going to see the results. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Because, you know, just sitting alone in your basement all day <laughs> isn't going to work out the way you think it's going to. <laughs> no. Yeah. And, and you know what? And, and there's people that are really good at what they do, but yeah. nobody knows. Right. And um, maybe that identifying that as those things, right, um, helps or not. I think it depends. Mm -hmm. But in any case, back to the professional versus entrepreneur thing, I think it's just having the right mindset and challenging your identity by doing those things is really like by doing things you wouldn't normally do is really important. Right. Um, and I think ultimately you need someone to help you with that because really we're not good at looking at ourselves. No. And figuring out what we're supposed to be. Yeah. And asking for help is important. I think as a business owner, professional entrepreneur, whatever you are, um, 
That's one of the biggest things. Uh, one of their first podcast episodes we did here with Sean Freeman from TWT Group. He said, um, it's amazing what, what people will do when you actually just ask for help. Because most people have been in the same situation you've been, whether it be 10 years ago, five years ago, something along those lines. So if you just ask for that help and the support and that guidance, I would say 99% of the time you get it, right? That could be, that. that's normally a huge barrier too. To ask for help? Absolutely. Oh, for sure, because entrepreneurs are very uh, proud people, right? Um, I'm a husband, I'm a father, I'm a business owner. I take lots of pride in that. And then having to like reach out for someone, say, I'm vulnerable, I need help, is a hard thing to do, right? But as soon as you kind of just shed that off and understand that it could be really beneficial for you, it's just, it's it's been so helpful for me, at least for my business, I, for sure. Yeah, and also I, for the longest time, I didn't even know what to ask for. True. And I think it came to really just a lot of exploration. Yeah. And yeah, that's the thing. I mean, there's no magic bullet again. So I, um, you, you oh, know, I wish there was. Yeah. <laughs> this world would be crazy. Yeah. You know? Yeah. <laughs> or maybe it's good that there isn't because yeah, it'd be chaos. It might be like overnight success is every day. <laughs> oh my God. Can you imagine? Unexpected <laughs> explosions of popularity. I, I, I have no idea. Yeah. But yeah, I, I, I think it, I didn't even know what to ask for. And I didn't realize what that source of conflict was even. True. So, I mean, it's really important to just go and read and have an open mind. Um, because sometimes you get the answers, but we dismiss them because we have a lot of, you know, um, sort of psychological biases, right? And we sort of dismiss that sometimes. It's, yeah, it's hard to say, um, but I do think that uh, just in terms of general life, right? Um, one really important thing is also just to not identify your goals or yourself with objects, and that's a lot. Like when you're talking about advice here, lots of people look at the expensive cars, mansions. You know, like the 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 rap videos where yeah. everyone's bawling out with gold chains and they lots of money they're throwing it around. And um I don't I don't think that's the right way to go. And and when we say it, but in, in terms of what I mean by that, it's just that um you're identifying yourself with a thing. That's it. Yeah. That, that's it. It's mm -hmm. it's not really like you have changed. So I remember myself as a when I was younger, I really wanted the a, a WRX. Cause it, right. you know, cause it's like a really cool rally car and yeah. everything. Yeah. People were souping it up, putting bigger turbos. I, had, stuff like I that. had a, I had a buddy who had one of those yeah. rips. Yeah. So you, good. so you understand. I know. I understand. But when I got it, nothing really changed. Yeah. You felt the same. I felt the same. I'm like, and of course I didn't become a rally driver. No, you know, I'm, I'm going to work. Does have this, this huge day. ass car payment. <laughs> exactly, yeah, exactly. Nothing's different. Yeah. It, it, it sucked gas like crazy too. And oh, I, I bet. And I was really disappointed. And of course, at that time, I, I don't know. I just sort of put it down to like, oh, maybe it wasn't a car I really liked or something. Okay. But I think it's because I was just looking at this object as an end goal. I didn't really grow. I didn't really develop into anything else. And, um, that's really important. So as a, entrepreneur or professional, whoever wants to sort or anybody who wants to really challenge your identity or really build a life they want, I think they have to look at things that are not just objects or, which is sort of funny because we talk about bucket lists a lot, right? Yeah. And 
it doesn't make any sense to me when I'm thinking about it now. Some people have, for example, a marathon as a bucket list item. I'm going to run a marathon. Yeah. So then I asked them, like, what are you doing to get ready for this thing? Oh, I don't have time yet. <laughs> but, but I'm going to do it. But when I have time, I'll go do that. And I'm like, well, okay. And I realized they just, they put it there because it's cool. You know, like it's, it sounds really cool. It sounds really fulfilling yeah. that you see what people go through, right? But it's not them. Because obviously if they were somewhat like heading towards in that direction as a person, they would start walking or start jogging or anything. Training, get, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And so that's where identity comes back. And one really cool example in the book was just um, how a smoker is trying to quit smoking. That's his identity. He's a smoker trying to quit smoking, right? right? Whereas another person is just like myself, I'm just a non-smoker. Mm -hmm. So it like, I'm never gonna smoke because I just don't smoke. Right. Uh, but I identify myself that way versus I'm a smoker that's trying to stop smoking. Interesting. Every single time I gotta stop myself with willpower, but I still identify as myself as a smoker. Mm -hmm. And that's sort of like what I'm trying to say, like, you know, when, when you identify yourself and you may not be aware of it. So you may have to take some inventory and see what your friends and family, see what your actions are and whatnot. And then make these goals. So maybe it's to be more, you know, instead of a marathon thing, maybe what they're really saying is they want to be more healthy. So cool. what would someone that would be more healthy would do? Oh, they would go jog. They would go run. Yeah instead of play sports, join a league, something like that. Exactly. And then fits with them more. The reality though, is that you, you sort of go that way and then marathon becomes a possibility yeah. versus just, you know, this crap shot of, of a goal that we, that you might make. Right. Yeah. So if I want to become an astronaut, I'm like, cool, feels good, but it's not reality. Mm -hmm. It's, it's impossible <laughs> because of what I'm doing right now. Yeah. So back to the habits and sort of the things I have no systems and no habits and really no trajectory to become that unless I start changing what I identify myself as. Uh, Cause I could be like, instead of saying I'm, I'm going to be an astronaut, I'm going to go to space. Uh, I, I want, I'm a very, you know, I'm a curious person or maybe I'm, uh, you know, I love to study science. That's cool. That's a thing, right? So I started doing that, then I might go into the right circles. That makes sense. Yeah. You know? Yeah. That's smart. So I think that's, I, th I think that's where it really is. And I'm trying to figure out how, um, to bring this back into my business. Right. And what I realized is that accounting really is a habit. Nobody likes it, but it's something you have to do. Mm -hmm. So what I realized is maybe we have to sort of change how uh, we interact with our clients and basically help them develop habits of accounting and keep coach them along that kind of path so that with that proper kind of uh, system in place now, then they can go, you know, achieve better goals of their business. Right. So in a sense, when I identified, when you look at how my mom identifies our firm as an accounting firm. Strictly what we do is basically put numbers in the system. Here's reports and here's your taxes. Versus what I'm sort of looking at is it's a people business. It's habit building. It's about reinforcing 
um, good processes in, in our clients, right. it's, it could still achieve the same objects, but you can see there's a different kind of intention. For sure. So I think in terms of that, business-wise, our identity as a firm changes too. So I, maybe you feel that a little bit when, when we're interacting. I do, yeah. In terms of processes, like you introduced me to some great uh, mileage apps, right? Mm -hmm. So I've been tracking my mileage, which I wasn't doing before. Right. Um, you've been really insightful on, on different business processes I can be doing with prospective clients, which has helped a lot, just in terms of like overall revenue and, and those type of things, which um, I've never had that experience with an accountant before mm -hmm. because they're not really interested in your business, they're just kind of, I mean, they are interested in your business in the sense that, um, you know, but they're going to be doing your numbers at the end of the year, but um, what your numbers are at the end of the year, they don't really care. Right. You know? Right. And I think if you have that care um, with a business, it's, it's going to be a really great thing. Yeah. I mean, it's still something I have to figure out. Yeah. This, this kind of, it's exciting for me. It though, is, it is exciting. Know? Like it's, it's a very cool model and I, I don't see it not being a good advantage for any other business. You know what I mean? Unless you just ran into someone who just wants you to, to, to do the books at the end of the year. But I just feel like there's always room for um, improvements and insight and all those things. And if you can have an accounting firm that offers you those things right. alongside the, the, the actual number stuff, which is rock solid, then I, I think that's a win-win thing. Absolutely. I, I couldn't agree more. And I think even for the clients that really want that basic service, yeah. We deliver that's that. That's fine. That's yeah. fine. Uh, but you can still relate to them as a human. Yeah, like, exactly. You know, like we all eat. We probably have someone that we know that we talk to. So we're probably friends with somebody or mm -hmm. whatever. Yeah. No, you're just a numbers robot. <laughs> Beep, boop. Yeah. I couldn't, I, couldn't, I couldn't deal with that. Yeah. But I realized, though, now that you don't have to be that way. Because no. if I, you know, so uh, why look at everyone else's bucket list or what? everyone thinks an accounting firm is or an accountant is and stick within that, right? Stay within that. One. Yeah. Yeah, man. Break the mold. Absolutely. I love it. Cool. Well, how can people get in touch with you, learn more about you, find you? Um, well, they can find us on our website at tranassociates.ca. It's T R A N associates. People seem to have trans in there a lot, <laughs> but, uh, uh, social media can 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 they get you on any social media channels? At social media, absolutely. They can just go look up uh, Eric Lee on Instagram. E R I C H uh, L Y. I think that's how I have it, anyways. <laughs> you don't even know. <laughs> I forget sometimes if I. Put I think the, I think that's uh, right. Uh, it's Eric dot Lee. Eric 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 dot Lee with an H. E R I C H dot L Y. Thank you so much for taking time out of your day to listen to the BVS podcast. If you enjoyed this content, we'd appreciate a couple things. Please tell your friends if they feel like this might be something worth listening to. Please give us a five-star rating on iTunes or a high rating on whatever type of platform that you are listening on. It really helps the show and helps us grow and helps us continue. So we really appreciate your support on that. 
The BVS podcast is created and produced by Blind Viking Studios in Calgary, Alberta. Blind Viking helps business owners get customers online by creating and distributing purposeful video and audio content. In a nutshell, we produce podcast, video content, live stream content, and then hook you up with a distribution plan that gets your content seen. We can also do the grunt work. We do editing, mixing, mastering, and more. If you want more info, you can always check out the website at blindviking.com. Thank you very much, and until next time.